that if you were going to lay on that or something like that. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just want to say I literally already recorded this podcast and I realized I recorded it vertical instead of horizontal. So that's still fun. So take two. All right. Hey guys, welcome to the Dear Teenage Girl podcast. I'm your host, Amy. If you're new here, welcome. If you're a good old friend, welcome back. I'm so excited to be able to do this podcast and I'm so excited that you guys are listening. Um, If this is your first episode, we post every Wednesday, but don't just listen on Wednesdays. Go back and listen to some that you haven't listened to already every day of the week. Um, something that I like to do is I like to listen to podcasts as I'm getting ready in the morning. So I used to just listen on my phone, but now I have an Alexa who's going to hear me and go off probably. Oh, she didn't hear me. Anyway, um, and I just love listening to podcasts on her. I'll be like, hey, and then say her name and then say, play like, whoa, that's good podcast or whoa, or listen to Bot and Beloved podcast. And it's just a great, really encouraging way to listen um not listen, to get your day started. And um, if you don't want to listen to Dear Teenage Girl, listen to the Well That's Good podcast, recommend it, listen to Bottom Beloved, recommend it, listen to really any Christian podcast. And then at night what I do is I listen to the Bible being read um, on Spotify. They just read the Bible. And my mom jokingly said, Amy, you probably shouldn't be listening to the Bible to help you go to sleep. That's probably not a good thing. You're going to be in church one day and they're going to start reading the Bible and then you're going to be knocked out. Like, you do have a good point, but I guess what I was thinking originally was like if I listen, if sometimes I get like busy throughout the day, so I might get to read a little bit of my Bible or um, I don't get to read my Bible. Um, but then at least I have that set time every single day where I'm going to at least listen to the word of God, which is super good. Um, and it's, I guess, good to start off your dreams. <laughs> I don't know. But um, if you are new to the Dear Teenage Girl podcast, this week we are going to be doing a little bit of a study on James. So every other week I have a relatable podcast where we pick a topic and then I share some stories about myself, how I relate to that topic, and then how God has helped me through that particular struggle. Um, and then the next week we do a study in James. I've only done that once before, so this is the second time. So if you want to listen to the first one, I definitely recommend doing that before you listen to this one. So last time we did the study on James, we did James chapter 1 verses 1 to 8, and then this week we're doing James chapter 1 verses 9 to 12. So I'm super excited for that. So to start off the podcast, um, I'm just going to read verses 9 to um, 12 and I would say if you want um, a reminder of like the full chapter maybe just pause it right now and um, read verses 1 to 8 by yourself um, but let's read verses 9 to 12 so it says believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wildflower for the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plants its blossoms fall off and its beauty is destroyed in the same way will the rich fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. I love James so much. It's my favorite book in the Bible. Um, as I probably said in the last one or in one of my podcasts, I um, memorized the whole um chapter one and chapter two of james and a little bit of chapter three in sunday school so this really means a lot because it was the first really big passage that i memorized 
Um, and I just love digging through it again and again. And my Bible is covered with notes. It's a journal Bible, so there's lots of spots for me to write. But then again, on especially in chapter one, it's just sticky notes and sticky notes and sticky notes because there's just so much to like depict from the verse verses in the in the book. So um, let's start with verse 9 and 10. I think those go well together. And verse 11 goes well together too. So it's kind of 9, 10, and 11. But I'm going to read 11 later because I just have an extra point for 11. But in verses 9 to 10, it says, Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wildflower. So... In reading this, I was a little bit confused, I guess, the first time, the first couple times I read it because it's like telling us to take pride in something. And as a Christian, I've always been taught to be humble. Don't take, don't be prideful, you know? And it's like, for it is by grace you have been saved um, through faith, not by work so anyone could boast, you know? So it's like nothing about what we have to do. So why are we taking pride? What are exactly are we taking pride in? That's kind of where my thoughts went. So I was like doing some Googling and I was like, okay, what if I search up another version? Because I've been reading in the NIV version. That's the version I memorized it in. That's the version that my Bible's in. And I was like, okay, sometimes in other versions, if you read it, they have like different like way of wording it. That makes a little bit more sense. So the two that I really liked were ESV and NIV. And the ESV says, boast in his exaltation. And the King James Version says, rejoice that he is exalted. So it's really, I'm putting the emphasis on his and he because it's about God. It's not about us. So taking pride, it has nothing to do with us. We have nothing to take pride in. We've not done nothing of significance. It's nothing that we've done, but we are taking pride in what Jesus did for us and boasting in um, that we have him in us. It should be Jesus who's exalted. He's the only thing that sets us apart from the rich or the, the world because we are all sinners. We are all the same. We all need a savior. So it's only Jesus that sets us apart from the rich and the world. We are all sinners. The only reason that we won't fade away is because we have Jesus and he chose to save us. So what we should be taking pride in is that Jesus chose to save us, that he chose to love us, and that we can go to heaven because what he has done. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve anything. But by God's grace, we have been saved. And so the pride that we're taking in is what God has done. And as a result of that, that we can spend eternity with him. So what I like to do in my Bible is I cross out where it says there, um, where it says take pride in their high position and I write his take pride in his high position and his exaltation because I really like that translation a lot better is focusing more on Jesus than focusing on it could look more like it's focusing on us in the NIV version but ultimately it's focusing on Jesus and what he's done most rich people or famous people or people in this world are prideful. I'm not going to say all, but most people are prideful. Even Christians sometimes can be prideful and they want to show off their richness. Um, they want to show off their success. They want to show off their accomplishments. That's the way of the world. Um, and from a worldly view, the rich are superior and they, in a sense, sometimes know it. And so they want to show off, okay, I got a new Lamborghini. I have five houses. I have a vacation home in 
a super like rare island that's only me like I bought my own island I have 10 cars but I don't even have my license you know like they want to show off how many bathrooms they have how many bedrooms they have I got a new mansion um, I have a Gucci bag blah 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 they want to show off this stuff because it's something that they've worked hard for it's something that they've accomplished it's the success that they've put in all this effort all this time all this money into getting the success and this fame and the richness and of course they'd be proud of it but in the end they have nothing to be proud of because they have nothing of heavenly worth they have a lot of earthly worth and so here they're superior but to god our richness and earthly travel treasures mean nothing so right now, they might have a lot to boast about, and it may look like they're superior to us. But in the end time, it's meaningless. And when they face Judgment Day, it would be humiliating because everything that they worked for their whole life, all the accomplishments they made, the richness they received, and the fame they've gotten has no value to God, and it won't get them into heaven. They will fade away like wildflowers. It's more, yes, their earthly treasures, but also their soul. Because they're not going to heaven it's not eternal but as christians we need to be like sunflowers which is my favorite flower by the way um and keep our eyes fixed on the sun keeping jesus and heavenly things our focus so that we will not hum be humiliated on judgment day when god says depart from me for i never knew you but he will say well done my good and faithful servant in the end all the rich will have is nothing it will all fade away but what we have is eternal and worth eternal value it will go on with us to heaven verse 11 kind of goes along that it says for the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plants its blossoms fall off and its beauty is destroyed in the same way will the rich fade away even while going about their business in the end jesus will reign and he will not be impressed by the rich even as Christians, we sometimes spend a lot of time worrying about fame, worrying about accomplishments, worrying about school, worrying about an education, and all of these things that are of earthly value. And I'm not saying that like, getting an education is bad, but that stuff won't go to heaven with us. So we should be focusing more on making disciples, being filled with the fruit of the Spirit, and growing in our faith because that stuff is of eternal value and we might be bringing people to know christ you know and just showing people the love of christ and that's so important that's what really matters um in this in this day and age it's not really what matters to other people but that's what matters in god's eyes so verse 12 said blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test that person will receive the crown of life the lord has promised to those who love him so that kind of sounds familiar. That kind of sounds like the beginning of the chapter when it's talking about persevering in trials. So in trials, it's easy to want to give up. I know I do that. I face something hard. I want to give up. I face something hard. I go to my bed and I want to watch Netflix and I want to just shut out the rest of the world. I want to shut out sometimes even God. Like I just want to be by myself. I want to feel sorry for myself. I want to like not experience everything that's going on around me because it might be a little bit too much but what we learned earlier is that in trials we need to focus on who god is um and instead of what's going on around us and that's the only thing that can give us that pure joy right because in the beginning of the chapter it's talking about how the we need to consider our, our trials pure joy um 
and that pure joy will help us overcome our trials. And then also what we learned in the beginning of the chapter is that our trials help us produce perseverance so that we may become complete, not lacking anything. And then ultimately that will help us in our Christian walk. So these trials do have value in our Christian walk and helping us become a better person and more godly and more Christ-centered and Christ-focused because we're learning to look at who God is instead of looking at what the world might think, looking at who God is instead of thinking, oh, this is so hard. Like, why would God make me go through this? But looking at who God is, God is love. God is amazing. God is with me. God is carrying me through these trials. And ultimately, the point of these trials is to grow closer to God and help us to become mature and complete and not lacking anything. Jesus went through trials. I think that's something that we don't always think about when we're going through trials. We're like, well, God is telling us that we should have pure joy, but has he ever gone through a trial? Like, this is hard, this sucks. But Jesus went through lots of trials. He wasn't liked by many people. He was tempted by the devil. He was tortured by people and he was crucified. Jesus knows that trials are hard and it's easy to give up thinking it'll make things easier. In fact, we know that before he was crucified, when he was in the garden praying, he said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. So even though Jesus did not want to go through the trial, he did not want, he knew that he was going to be tortured and all that stuff. But that wasn't even what he was worried about. He knew that he was going to be separated from God, his father, and he was going to go to hell for those um, three days because he had the weight of our sin on him. He knew how much that weight was going to hurt. So it's not so much the physical that he wanted to go through, which is more what our focus is on is that the physical pain and the physical um, like trials. But what God was looking at was the separation or what Jesus was looking at was the separation from God and the fact that he was going to be separated from God for three days. God is his own father. And like that would have been so unbearably hard for him. And when we look at the Easter story, we think how hard it is that he was unrecognizable from the beating, the crown of thrones, how people were making fun of the king of kings, like if they knew who they were, they were making fun of, how he could not even carry his cross the whole way. We look at that, but what we but what we don't always look at is the fact that he was separating from God. And so that would have been the hardest part in the trial. So he said, God, please take this cup away from me. Like, please like put it on someone else. Like, I'm not necessarily wanting to do that, but we know that it was God's will. So he was willing to do that. And we thank God for that every single day because that means that we can be saved. As a result of Jesus' trial, we are saved. And that's so amazing for us. That's our reward. And Jesus's reward is being able to live eternally with us because he loves us. Jesus teaches us to persevere because in the end it will be worth it. And what he has promised us is the crown of life. So of course we shouldn't be reward focused. We don't want to be only focusing on the reward. But we are promised that in the end we will receive the crown of life to those who love him. So that's us, um, which will make everything that we've gone through worth it because we get to go to heaven, we get to be with Jesus. Like, isn't that so amazing? We get to be with Jesus for eternity. So all of these earthly trials, A, are short and are worth nothing compared to the glory that we're gonna be able to witness when we're in heaven with Jesus all the time, praising him all the time. 
where everything is perfect. And so um, I think that some of these things we can go through because our reward is so much greater. What I also think of is when you're facing trials is like a race. In elementary school, I did cross country, I did track and field. And in a race, I like you're running, I'm going to do cross country because you're by yourself. You're running in the forest, there are people in front of you, there's people behind you. It's so easy to want to look back, be like, who's behind me? Are they getting close? Especially when you hear those footprints coming up close, you're like, no, they can't pass me. Oh crap, how close are they to me? And so you'll want to be looking behind, but that's going to slow you down. Or if you're looking at the scenery going around you, that's going to slow you down. The only thing that's going to keep you going is that motivation of knowing that the finish line is coming soon. You're focusing on the finishing line. You're looking straight ahead of you, and that's going to help you um, get to that finish line. It's going to help motivate you. That's going to help you keep going. And sometimes you are so sore. You are full of anticipation, but you're full of like adrenaline. You're so sore. You feel like you're going to throw up. You're giving it your all. But, and you're like, I want to quit. But no, you need to keep your mind focused on the finish line, whether that be two kilometers away, whether that be five kilometers away. And that's the same way with life. We need to keep our eyes focused on the finish line. We need to keep our eyes focused on the end times in heaven. And um, and like our reward, it's a crown of life. Our reward is heaven and our reward is living with Jesus. And I just think that's so amazing. So thank you so much for listening to James um, verses 9 to 12 with me. I hope that you learned something from that and I encourage you to read it through it again sometime this week and just write out what stuck out to you and um, I promise you that you'll keep, no matter how many times you read it, more and more will um, stick out to you. Um, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Dear Teenage Girl and um, we'll see you next week.